Hey, you're listening to Melissa Unscripted, and we want you to know we love our listeners. We especially love when they send us ideas for new episodes they like to hear, and when they subscribe so they don't miss an episode. So share your ideas, hit the subscribe button, and keep listening. You're listening to Melissa Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Dave Wilson, from Tiger Moth Creative. We created this podcast to bring listeners helpful perspectives on all kinds of real estate experiences, from the enlightening to the humorous. Along the way, we'll branch out on related topics, and we will definitely chase a random squirrel or two. With me always is my friend and co-host, Melissa Greer, a nationally ranked real estate agent. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Dave. How are you doing today? Good. It's good to be back with you. That didn't sound too... Uh, I'm not that excited yeah, about it. You don't sound excited <laughs> to be with me. <laughs> no, it's great to see you again and do another podcast. <laughs> well, we have a uh, guest with us today. We do, and I'm excited about it. I'm going to introduce our guest, if that's okay. Yeah, and then tell us how you know him, too. Okay. Well, I will. I might let him tell how we know each other, and I might tell how w- this came about. How about that? That works. So well, everyone, everyone knows I love... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, that's, that's okay. First of all, I'm really excited to be here. So, <laughs> so, so I, I don't know At how y'all you feel, are. but I, I'm really excited <laughs> okay. to be here. Well, we're so. always excited. I mean, we are sitting here in, in Melissa's kitchen. She fixed me a cold brew with, with coconut milk, and uh, it's beautiful. Now, it's we don't delicious. need everyone to expect that kind of service. Neil's special. <laughs> <laughs> I don't cook for I, everyone. I'm impressed, I'm impressed that you had cold brew. That, well, that, that's great. I actually do because I, I'm a Starbucks person, but when the so weather's I. bad, I have to stock up on something that would be similar. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. So. And, and I, like, I like ice drinks in the middle of winter. Oh, yeah. I, I love them. A lot of so. people, you know, the cold brew, like the, a couple of the people, we work with me I treat them to Starbucks and I'm the only one that gets an Americano hot they're all doing yeah. cold breeze now I'm gonna have to do it because it'll make me seem younger and I like the, the Americano cold too oh, yeah. I'm gonna try. especially because you can do Americano decaf iced Oh, so, really? Oh, yeah, they'll do that. Neil, that's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's like There's having a steak can... well done, right? It's you just can... a waste of it's time. It's like drinking like a beer without alcohol. Drinking a beer without alcohol, yeah. So. No, but so everyone knows how much I love my neighborhood, Sunset Hills, and, of course, we do the Christmas ball thing, and I was out walking my dog and ran into Neil McNeil, a local celebrity and <laughs> a good friend of mine, yeah. and he and his wife were out walking their dog looking at the lights, and so we started talking and we were talking about the podcast and he was gracious enough to agree to join us which i'm so excited so this is going to be one of yeah, our I'm favorites i'm even wearing the running of the oh, I noticed uh, t-shirt that. this that's morning that's what reminded so, yeah. me too but no so neil and i've known each other a long time i might let him explain our connection well i think you and i were are, are the same age uh 35 yeah exactly yes. and we finished i'm pretty sure unc chapel hill at the same at, at the same time. 2000 and something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> exactly. what's interesting is we did not know each other at UNC Chapel no. Hill. Uh, but I uh, could see why. I mean, it's yeah. a pretty big school. <laughs> you no, I, you I, obviously I, didn't frequent Peppy's Pizza then. Exactly. <laughs> where yeah. I worked. <laughs> and I, I lived out in Carborough oh. at Oldwell Apartments. Do you oh, remember Yeah, that? I remember yeah, Oldwell I, Apartments. I, yeah, I mean, my roommate and I nearly froze yeah. out there. There was no yeah. insulation. In I, might have spent I think a, I lost my car there one time. <laughs> I might have spent a night or two in Oldwell Apartments yeah, with some you know, Bible study friends. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you go to the Red Baron Lounge across uh, I the mean, street? just to rescue people. Yeah. <laughs> just to rescue people. Yeah, but but I, I nearly froze. But but we did not know each other at UNC Chapel Hill. I, I grew up in southeastern North Carolina, and you grew up here in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. But uh, Melissa has uh, sold, let's see, two houses for me and helped me find three houses. Your first place I sold you, it was your bachelor pad. That's right. <laughs> and it was a townhome out, out near Guilford College. And then it's been so fun, and I love this. And I never thought I... I'd be looking back, you know, after such a short career, because I did graduate in 2000-something, but to see how people, I've worked with Neil when he was single, I, then he got married, and I sold right. them their first house, then sold it for them, and they, they had kids and bought a bigger one, and it's so nice to be a part of people's journey like that. So you have a pretty cool perspective of the city and what you've seen. I do. And as an anchor. It, it, it's interesting to have watched uh, Greensboro evolve uh, over the last nearly four decades. I I tell people, you know, when I first came here, you know, Greensboro was was really bustling. I mean, it was the home to probably 10 plus Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. I mean, Burlington Industries, uh, Guilford Mills, Cone Mills, uh, primarily manufacturing based, but, you know, there was a lot of corporate money uh, at the time in, in Greensboro. I worked with a lot of people back in the day that worked for a company called Gerbeau, which yes. was a jeans company. Yes. And they, it was so funny, that that was a big lesson for me because my mother always made me dress up so much for work, yeah. and they all wore jeans. And so they would say to me, we feel uncomfortable, and it taught me to dress for my client a Absolutely. little bit. And that, but they, I think it's sad because a lot of people don't know our main resource was textiles for, for years. It, it's so interesting you, you say that because when I interviewed Mackie McDonald, who was the longtime CEO mm-hmm. of the VF Corporation, um, you know, I wore jeans that day. Oh, yeah. And when more recently when uh, I interviewed the CEO of Contour Brands, which mm-hmm. is the parent company of Lee and Wrangler, I wore my pair of Lee oh, jeans. Oh, yeah. And, of course... He wore his. We met over at their, you know, their little store downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, and I, I enjoyed wearing jeans. It's yeah. like you know, I don't it's, get to do that every day. But it's, it was it, a lot of fun. It was a good lesson because you know, you, and at that, it's what I try and get my support team. I just tell me you dress, you have to be authentic and comfortable in what you wear, but you also have to think about who you're with. Well, when I tour people around, which I love, that I love to do that as much as anything. What I tell them about the history of the textiles and all that, absolutely. But, but and I and if you go to the Greensboro Historical Museum, it's amazing because oh, they do an amazing job. And and Cone, you you can kind of explain that contours here because Cone Mills was the first manufacturer of denim, and it evolved into Wrangler. I mean, that was right. all brought here. But the um, but what what I think is so cool is to start. I, I say I used to tour people and really have to sell Greensboro, and now it's just the easiest thing because of the Performing Arts Center. And then we've got, I mean, and, and I'd love to hear your take, but Toyota bringing their yes. battery here. And then I know there's something exciting that might be happening at the right. airport. That Performing Arts Center, um, I, I, I wrote in, in one of my web pieces that I did on the Performing Arts Center, and I had the honor of actually taking Stephen Tanger into that building oh, for wow. the first time as part of a story. Yeah, I, that, that's on YouTube. Just go type in, oh. w, type in WGHP Stephen Tanger. Okay. And I was there when he walked in the theater and for the saw first it. time. I was like, wow. Yeah. But I, I wrote in one of my 
web pieces on that I that accompanied a story I did on the Tanger Center. One of the earlier stories that this facility is probably the most significant and transformative buildings to be built in downtown Greensboro in our lifetimes. I agree. Um, I, I mean, nothing. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. look, the baseball stadium was great. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. It's done some wonderful things. But this building, uh, as big as it is and as significant as it is, and how it was put together with, with all of the donors mm-hmm. um, is probably among the most forward-thinking things that, has happened in Greensboro's history, certainly in our lifetimes. I agree. I think it's changed downtown. I have a client I sold a um, condo to at Center Point. Yes. And it was about three or four years ago, and it was one of the pent. It was one of the penthouses, and um, I told him at the time I said, when they open that performing arts center, it, this is going to change. And I, I was in the building the other day, and I ran into him. He goes, I got to tell you something. When you told me that, I rolled my eyes, and I yeah. said, Yeah, she's just saying yeah. that. And he goes, I see it. And it is true. When you go to a play and you come out and LeBauer Park's lit up with the the sculpture that's so right. beautiful, and you've been in a Broadway show and you're in downtown Greensboro, it's it's transformative. Right. That's a great and, word for it. And a funny story, I made the mistake in when the building was in its early and I'm sorry I hit your chair there. When the building was in it in the early fundraising stages, I made the mistake on air of calling it an auditorium. And, uh, you know, they're trying to raise money for a new auditorium because, you know, I, we were still in that mindset with War Memorial Auditorium. And uh, I had one of the fundraisers, no, 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 why did you call it that? You know, it, it's a yeah. performing arts center. And I was like at the time, yeah, you prove it to me. Well, they they've could. proven it. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a performing arts Well, I think it's center. a little nicer than the Durham one. I mean, because you know, I, I used haven't to go been there. in the Durham one, but mm-hmm. uh, I can tell you this is certainly larger. I mean, uh, the setting is so great, too, the way they positioned it. You brought something up there that, that I want to bring up, too, because when you're talking about Tang, Stephen Tanger, yes. when I toured people around, I, everyone knows the Tangler outlets, whether yes. they're coming from anywhere, California. Right. And so when you think about companies, it may not be a Fortune 500, but when I start to tell them the corporate headquarters for Tanger is here, and then you start talking about the cones and Contour, and then you, you can talk about Volvo Financial. Honda Jet. Honda Jet. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. The thing is, is, you know, I think we've lost the textile and the manufacturing, but, you know, the I think it's the North American headquarters for Volvo Financial. In fact, I know it because I, I work with a lot of those people. It's here now. Well, yeah, you know I mean? it, it, the, the headquarters of Volvo, essentially North America, yeah. is here. And we mentioned Volvo trucks. That's just a part of that whole right. complex, uh, certainly, out there. But, yeah, Tanger's an interesting story, too. We, we could do a whole podcast hey. on Tanger, mm-hmm. if you'd like. But, you know, the history of that company, the history of Fresh Market. Well, yeah. that's another fascinating. one. fascinating. Yeah. I mean, Ray Berry and, you know, how he just kind of came to Greensboro on a whim and his car broke down. And they were, you know, he had been in Dallas, you know, working for the corporate entity that owns 7-Eleven. I mean, he's probably one of the foremost experts on convenience stores in the country. Came here with his family, and apparently their car broke down, and they were trying to figure out what to do with it. And, he, and a stranger walks up and says, what are you doing? He said, well, you know, we're kind of on our way up, up the eastern seaboard looking for a place to you know, settle, and we want to build this California-style market, and this is, this is the concept. And whoever you know, this person was told Ray Barrett, you need to stop what you're doing right now, get out of your car, and spend some time in Greensboro, and oh, seriously wow. consider staying here. And lo and behold, 
you know, they opened the fresh market over on Lawndale, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. So wonder who that was who said that we owe them a You know, yeah. I debt. asked him, and he, he, he was very, it was as if he didn't remember. It might have been the remember. mechanic. It, it could have been. <laughs> it, it, it was as if he, he couldn't name him, and, uh, you know, it was as if he couldn't, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, Mr. Barry lives down in Naples, Florida now, but yeah. the next time, I, if I ever see him again, I'm going to narrow him down. Well, I, his old house, the, the one he sold when he moved to Naples, yes. that's on my tour, because I tell the story about the fresh market, and and it's one of the finest historic homes in Old Irving Park. Absolutely. And I, I don't think Mr. Barry would mind me saying this, but, you know, most if not all the proceeds from the sale of that house, he donated to First Presbyterian Church for yeah. its sanctuary renovation. And I was on the, you know, I'm a member of First Pres, and I was mm-hmm. on the committee that helped fundraise for that. And, and that was really that's, important. That's that, that, that helped make that project yeah. happen. So. Um, yep. lot, lots of kudos oh, to, yeah. to Ray Barry, but that, that's another great mm-hmm. story. But you know, you know, moving ahead, and Dave, you mentioned you know a Honda Jet, yeah. and uh, uh, that that you know that's another amazing story that that I've done. But you've got that. You've, you do have the Toyota battery plant, mm-hmm. and, and what what's neat, I think, about economic development in Greensboro now, it, it certainly seems as if they're trying to go after cutting edge companies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were all disappointed that Toyota, you know, didn't build a car plant here out right. of the mega site. Right. But, you know, the more I think about it, you know, I'm like, that would have been a plant that built cars with internal combustion engines, mm-hmm. which appear to be going out of stock. They'll I always think, be around. I think they're going out of stock. But, yeah. uh, but, but I, you know, 20 years from now, you know, I just don't know if there'll be the majority car out there on the market. I think they're all, all going to be electric. So you have this plant, uh, you know, that, and certainly with the infrastructure bill and all of the, you know, uh, inner workings of, you know, charging stations mm-hmm. that it calls for, uh, there will certainly be a demand for this type uh, of product. And Toyota has certainly led the way in hybrid technology. Right. Yeah, uh, I th- and I think, too, it's interesting. I always remember when they announced FedEx was coming yeah. here, and the neighborhoods around the airport, they just really were bothered by that. Yeah. And what, but what I think is happening, and this is, I'm glad you let, I'm going to segue it for a second, is I advertise my luxury properties in Charlotte Luxury Magazine, and it is true that we have sold probably three or four in the past year to people who want to get away from those cities that are yes. so hectic. And they realize that the commute even, well, first of all, more people are working remotely, right, and that yeah. helps. But the commute from Greensboro to Charlotte is no different sometimes than a commute from down, uptown Charlotte to out in the suburbs right. where someone lives. Right. But they can get a, so much property here for their money as of opposed course. to that. So in a way, I mean, I feel like the quality of life is so good here because the development and the progress has been what we're describing but on the flip side, seeing what's happening downtown, you see how the growth at the airport would be great, and having a hub here would, would be awesome. It would. And remember Continental Airlines oh, they uh, were tried to establish a hub, mm-hmm. and that was the work of Gord, a guy by the name of Gordon Bethune, who was the CEO of Continental Airlines at the time, but he was also a former Piedmont executive. So he mm-hmm. had connections back here and loved this area and really tried to establish a mini hub, I think it was called. And it was great. I remember flying Continental out to Houston, oh, yeah. you know, and, and all these different places from Greensboro. Do you, remember, do you remember Peoples? 
I do. <laughs> I, I covered people's. Yeah. Isn't that fun? You know, and we, we tried, tried many different things, but uh, yeah. And, and you mentioned FedEx mm-hmm. too. That was such a big thing. We, yeah. got, we got FedEx. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, did they and, ever come? Uh, yeah, they did. They did come. But what happened to FedEx is that, you know, they built FedEx Express. Let right. me say it, FedEx Express is different from FedEx Ground, mm-hmm. and they will point that out to you. But FedEx Express, which established that package hub out there, at the time when they built that, um, they their specialty was getting stuff to people overnight. Right. Know, taking, a, taking a contract and delivering it to Los Angeles overnight. Then electronic document transfer so became... So the need was... Yeah, I mean, everyone could just email, you know, documents. Yeah. And so that... I never thought about that, but that makes that a lot kept, of sense. That kept FedEx from... FedEx Express from, you know, really, uh, well, for, for that hub from really blooming. But now yeah. they're, they're trying to come back. They, there are more overnight flights, I know, because I live close yeah. out there. And, you know, they, they seem to be doing okay. They're still relevant. One thing I would love to hear is, I would love to hear, you know, you moved here and you have such a, you know, a, a unique perspective on this city just because of your job. Yeah. Why, what makes this home for you? Why do you love Greensboro? It's real interesting because when I first came here, I thought, yeah, four years will probably be about the time. And, you know, I had some inquiries from, you know, other television mm-hmm. stations uh, outside of the market. But, you know, I, it, it always, you know, better opportunities opened up for me here uh, at, at, at this television station. But it, it just became just a wonderful place, first and foremost, to raise a family. Um, and I, I think you kind of pointed it out when you were talking about, you know, the people in Charlotte buying property mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, you've got everything you need here, everything you need. Mm-hmm. You've got great medical care. You've got a r- great retail environment. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, if I have a light bulb that burns out in my house, I'm within five minutes of either a Home Depot or a right. Lowe's or an Ace Hardware, mm-hmm. you know, to go and, and get that replaced. I love the fact that, I'm equidistant from both the mountains and the beach. You know, my wife is more of a mountains person. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a beach person. Um, I'm with you on that. Raising our kids here. um, The schools were just, you know, uh, you know, outstanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, and there there are just so many resources uh, uh, for them. You know, we can talk about money being spent on the schools, but, you know, there, there are some wonderful educators here, you know, and, 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 you know, just the wonderful university community, but just again, being in a place uh, where you have everything you need, uh, the people are so progressive and they think Mm -hmm. like my wife and I do and uh, they're friendly. Yeah. You know, Everyone, it's, it's I'm, nice, the people nice who move area. here, they talk about the number one thing is how friendly it is, whether they go to a grocery store, whether they go to a restaurant. They said it's different than other places. It, it's almost like that, that small town southern charm, but it's not mm-hmm. really a small town. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of that. So I know. have a question I've always wanted to ask you, and of course everyone who listens to podcasts knows I'm very heart-based. So, yes. And sensitive. What's the most impactful story you've ever covered that stayed with you? Uh, it's probably also the most difficult story mm-hmm. uh, that I've ever produced, and it happened right after 9-11. And I consider, you know, 2001 when that happened kind of the halfway point in my career because oh, that was such a transformative mm-hmm. time. But the day of 9-11, late in the day after you know, the World Trade Center towers had collapsed and the plane had crashed in Shanksville. And, you know, it, it was just such a 
horrific time. Late in that day, we learned that uh, someone from Greensboro, uh, Sandy Bradshaw, oh, yeah. was killed uh, in the United Flight 93 that crashed in Shanksville. She was a longtime flight attendant for United She lived Airlines. in your neighborhood. She lived in northwest Greensboro, yeah. uh, less than a mile from my right. house. And uh, I did not know then, mm-hmm. you know, but... Uh, we had a mutual friend who happened to be the general sales manager at WGHP who also lived in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, needless to say, we were interested in hearing from her husband uh, and, you know, just to f- find out more about who Sandy was and what better person to tell her story than the person who knew her best. But we were also very sensitive. We didn't want to knock on his door while he was still, you know, very much in the grieving process. Right. Uh, but through working with uh, my friend, who was the general sales manager uh, at GHP, I was able to get the first interview with Phil Bradshaw oh, wow. uh, after 9-11. And we, we went over there, and he was still grieving. I mean, this, mm. was, this was a week after 9-11. Mm. Um, and and the, he had the, small kids, yeah, too, yeah. right? And, 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 and that, plays, that played a part in, in what I'm about to say, in that we got over there, and he was just in not a good emotional state. He wasn't sure if he wanted to do it. He's really right. doing it, I think, more as a favor for Dennis, his friend, and, mm-hmm. and my friend. And I remember we sat over there for about two hours, two to three hours before we even brought the camera in. He was just real concerned about the story that we were going to do mm-hmm. and how it was going to be presented. And, you know, we, we were able to convince him that, you know, we would do it right. This is what we would say. This is how the piece would come together. Um, and we went through the interview uh, he did extremely well. Uh, you know, he, mm. he broke down one time, but, you know, we I, I assured him we would not dwell on that, mm-hmm. you know, in, in part of the piece. You know, he was very conscious about that. But but we did it, and we, we got through the piece. And, uh, you know, it, it was such an emotionally draining piece for me. Um, and I, I think more than anything, here you had a guy who was about my age. He's, mm-hmm. he's about a year or two, two older than I am. Um, and he had two young children at home at the time. I had two young children mm-hmm. uh, at home at the time. And then just all of a sudden, you know, his life changed in a, in moment. a moment. And his wife was gone. And, you know, I remember, you know, him specifically telling me in the piece when I asked, you know, the question, well, what have you told the children? And he said, well, I, I got with a psychologist that United Airlines, you know, pr- linked us up with. And the psychologist told me that, you know, you need to tell those children their mom is gone and she will not be coming home. Uh, <laughs> and that really, <laughs> that's I, that, that was, that was, uh, you know, that really drove it home for me. But in the aftermath of, of that piece and we aired it that night, um, I, I couldn't sleep for weeks. I mean, it, it, that was just very, well, you were in such a similar place, but that yeah, was a similar such place a, in life, but you know, surreal time. And, and then, you know, too, every night we were going on the air, telling these stories and but but that that story just really was impactful. and he was a he's a pilot he was so he, he is he, a pilot and he talked to her he, that's what i remember about the story he, uh he while she worked for united he was a captain for u.s airways okay. and had worked for piedmont oh wow um flying you know 737s 727s and and several other aircrafts he still flies he does not uh fly commercially He's, mm-hmm. he, he has his own plane and he, he fly, you know, flies you know different clients uh but uh yeah he, he was a pilot and 
when the hijackers had taken over Flight 93, Sandy called him on the satellite phone. I remember reading that. And she, she asked him, you know, your pilot, you know, is there anything you can recommend that we can do? And at the time, she was, you know, shoving the coffee pots, mm. you know, in, in the machines to boil the water right. to pour on the – and he could hear that. Mm. Uh, and, you know, she was like uh, – People are running up toward the cockpit. I gotta go. Boom! And she that and and he he held on the line for a few minutes just to see if she come back. And she was for people who don't remember or, or that she was a hero. That was the plane where the passengers took over That's and right. tried to fight the terrorists. That's right. And they really it's like what was the quote? Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll. Uh, but but yeah. I, I I have to say this that you know we uh, commemorated the. 20th year mm-hmm. since that happened just this past year and I got up with Phil again and mm-hmm. that was hard I you know I, I really didn't want to do the story because right. I remember I didn't want to put Phil through it right and you know frankly I didn't want to have to emotionally mm-hmm. get but you know who else but I'm a journalist I have to do it mm-hmm. you know and you can't tell Sandy Bradshaw's story without going back to Phil I mean you just oh, yeah. you just can't and and I you know Phil I think really understands that now but we, we did, and um, it was similar. I went over to his house again and, you know, spent some time with him without the cameras and said, this is kind of how I perceive the, commem- the 20th commemoration mm-hmm. piece. And he said, you know, I, our, our daughter Alex, I think she might be interested in being a part of this. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, oh. this was his and Sandy's daughter, who was yeah. like two or three years old oh, wow. at the time. And uh, she, uh, recent graduate at App State, she's in the hospitality industry working in Boone, and uh, she agreed to drive down uh, to be interviewed. Uh, and we, we did the uh, 20th uh, commemoration piece with her mm-hmm. and Phil, and she was absolutely delightful. Oh, and and nice. actually remembered a small segment, uh, 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 had a memory of her mom, even uh, though she was that young. But you can go watch that piece. Just go I to, think that, did you post it or was yes, it on social media? I did post it. Because I think that, that sounds familiar. All, all you have to do is go to, uh, just, just type in WGHP uh, Phil Bradshaw. Well, did that up. help you feel better or give you some closure? It, Not it closure, did. but it might have left you it, in a it, it, better place. It did to, uh, you know, to see Phil smile. You know. It's amazing that the, how people have the strength to heal. Yeah. And you know, he is, he's not totally healed. He will oh, tell I, you, he said, I yeah. think about it every day. I yeah. miss her every day. You know, I mean, it's, you never totally heal, but you know, I was able to ask, uh, you know, Phil, th- this is, this is kind of a funny question, but I'll, I'll go ahead and ask it. I mean, you know, Sandy, she's looking down at you right now, 20 years later. And I was smiling as I was asking this, mm. what would she not like about what you've done over the last 20 years? And he, he just laughed. And that, that, that was so comforting to yeah. see him smile. He said, oh, she'd probably say I'm a grumpy old bear. But he said, you know, she'd be pleased with what I've done with the children. Yeah. And I fully agree because those are two fantastic children. Well, that's great. That's yeah. a great story. Will you please come back on? I, I will. We yeah, would I love to talk I could, we could do this all day. You know where I am. Okay, yeah, well, this absolutely. has been great. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. This, yeah, it's been fun. Pleasure meeting you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Good. And uh, I'll come back. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, only because I've got to run, right, Dave? <laughs> you always, always have to run. run. Next, I tell you, next time we'll narrow down the topic. Yeah. And, and That's not going to do any good. Probably not. We'll get we, on. I mean, we're, we're, yeah. We'll get on. We do that. You have I mean, three people that yeah. chase squirrels in here. We will talk. We talk now. Yeah, we all love to talk. Maybe all three of us should go on television is that an offer? I mean, Maybe. we're yeah. always open to I'll offers. I'll get with my bosses and, and see what we can do. Well, Greensboro's lucky to have you. I, no, I've uh, always no, enjoyed. I, I'm the one who's truly you. blessed. Yeah. Neil, thanks so much. Yeah, my thank pleasure. You. Bye, Best everybody. Best to all of you. Yep, thanks for listening.
Melissa Unscripted is produced by Tiger Moth Creative, helping businesses and nonprofits leverage the power of their story. Find links and show notes at melissagreer.com, and so you'll never miss a show, subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. And make sure you give us a good rating. That's it for now. See you next time.